that look like anybody's house coming up here in a couple of weeks? Well, there's a guy named Bernie Krause who records nature sounds for movies. And when he started doing it in 1968, he said it would take him 15 hours of recording to get one hour of natural sound. But today, it takes him 2,000 hours of recording to get one hour of natural sound. No cars, no phones, no people talking, just natural sound. It takes that much more time this year. I think everybody's pretty aware that the world seems to be speeding up, that things seem to be getting louder, that divisions seem to be getting deeper. And here we are in a season that's anything but a joyful time for many people. This is a time of year where a lot of people search for peace. It's not just, uh, you know, Miss America, she wants world peace, right? <laughs> Always. And politicians, they promise us world peace and never deliver it. But everybody has something within them that really wants to live peacefully. And Christmas seems to be a time, especially these, this month and a half of holidays that we deal with, that magnifies or multiplies whatever problems are in our life. So Christmas is the great multiplier. If you have money problems and Christmas shows up, they seem to be multiplied times 100. If you have relationship problems, you don't get along with family, don't get along with the extended family, then you gotta be around them. Everything is multiplied. If you deal with loneliness this time of year, it just seems to be multiplied. So whatever you're dealing with, whatever's going on in your life, Christmas can be the great multiplier and make it even seem bigger than it is. Now, at this point, you're probably thinking, well, tell me something I don't know. Like, so far, I've known everything you just said. I wanna know how for it not to be that way. Well, that's what we're gonna talk about today. Today's message is about peace. Peace that we all need, peace that we wanna work to make happen, you know, I don't think anybody would answer the question, do you want more peace, and then say, no, I think I'll stick with the chaos. I think I would rather my life get more chaotic than more peaceful. Everybody would want more peace in their life. So those of you that you have kids, familiar with Christmas songs, you probably heard or sung Silent Night already, but do we really have those kind of nights? Does that really reflect what this season is like for most people? Because when I look at the Christmas story, even in the Bible, it's anything but peaceful. We've romanticized it to where this is pretty little uh, winter scene in a stable, but that was anything but a peaceful time. And so we're gonna look at a part of the Christmas story that will help us see how we can have more peace in our lives. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. If you don't have one, raise your hand. You can have one of those. It's yours to keep, borrow, or you can also follow along on the screen. About 700 years before the birth of Christ, God's people, the nation of Israel, was in a very difficult spot. 
They didn't get along with their neighbors. They had divisions among themselves. People were chasing after things. Materialism was running rampant. They oppressed the poor. People were thoughtless. And other countries were constantly threatening to overtake them. There was no peace at that time. Not in their nation or not in individuals' lives. So God sends this prophet to speak to the nation of Israel and let them know what's coming. The prophet's name was Isaiah. And Isaiah had this specific prophecy that you may have heard read before in church. You may have heard quoted at a Christmas play or in a Christmas movie. It's in Isaiah chapter 9, beginning at verse 6, and it says this. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. So that would have been a very encouraging prophecy if you were living in the nation of Israel 700 years before the time of Christ. They were told, this child is gonna be born and not only is he gonna be a counselor, not only is he gonna be our mighty God, our everlasting father, but he's going to be the prince of peace and he's gonna set up a different kind of government. His government will have peace that never ends. Because man-made governments tend to not ever be peaceful. We tend to set it up in such a way that it's just peace really doesn't have a chance unless everybody agrees to be the way of the people with the most power. Then peace might have a chance. But Jesus was gonna set up a government that was very different, that had this peace that would never end. Now, when you read the Christmas story or you look out at our world, you may think, well, that failed. That didn't work. But you really have to look at what this, this title, Prince of Peace, really means. What the prophet was trying to communicate to these people. Was he communicating that all of our circumstances from then forward would be peaceful circumstances and everything in our life would be peaceful? So we're gonna look a little closer at the original language that the Old Testament was written in, which was Hebrew, at the phrase that's translated what we read as Prince of Peace, it actually has a little deeper meaning than that. That's just what the English translators chose to say, but here's what it means. Prince of Peace is two words, Sar Shalom. Sar means the one in charge, the Lord, Chief, General. That's where the word Caesar comes from the one in charge. And then shalom is rest, tranquility, wholeness, completeness. So what he's saying is this child that's going to be born is in charge of, he's the general of making sure that people have this rest, this peace, this completeness, tranquility. That's his job. And for 700 years, the nation of Israel held on to this prophecy that this mighty God, this counselor, this father, this prince of peace 
was going to come to earth. But if you've ever read the Christmas story in the New Testament, specifically in the book of Luke, chapter 2, it's anything but a peaceful arrival. Jesus comes on the scene as one who was put into the womb of a teenage girl who wasn't married yet. Immediately there's controversy. Immediately there are circumstances that create chaos because Mary could have been killed for being found out to be pregnant before she was married. But she still said, okay, God, let it be like what you said. And then Joseph, her fiance, has to find out. And can you imagine what's going through his mind when he finds out his fiance is pregnant and he knows what he hasn't done. He knows what they haven't done. But yet, he can see the baby bump coming up there. And the best story she's got is, an angel appeared to me and said, God put this baby in my womb. Now, that never been told anybody before. So guys, could you imagine your fiance telling you that? The first thing in your mind is gonna be something I can't say. The first thing in your mind is gonna be, I don't think that's, yeah, what are you talking about? You're crazy. But he ends up believing that God placed this child in the womb of his fiance after he worked through all the emotions that would go with that, he ends up accepting the chaos in his life. So for Jesus to be the Prince of Peace they were waiting on, they had to be thinking, uh, this, is, uh, th this looks like he might have failed. I mean, this is what's happening. People are gonna be looking at Joseph saying, hey man, uh, you got things out of order, didn't you? Didn't you jump the gun a little bit? And he has to tell the story. Well, no, actually, God did. <laughs> you know, this was, this was a God thing. He had to deal with skepticism. And he had to be thinking. They had to think, okay, we've got this 700-year-old prophecy that says Prince of Peace. And it's, ever, since I, ever since I heard about this Prince of Peace being in my womb and in her womb, we've had nothing but trouble. It's been nothing but chaos. You might be a person who is searching for God. Maybe you don't believe. Maybe you're just coming here. Something keeps drawing you here or somebody and you're here. And with skepticism, you could look at everything that we say and do and say, you say he's a prince of peace, but I look out at the world and I don't see peace. You say God is the God of love, but I see people who claim they follow God. They sure are sure not acting like they follow this God of love who wants to bring peace to the world. So you're skeptical. And maybe that's one of the things that holds you back. Because you say, if, if he's the God of peace, either doesn't really care, or he's not as powerful as he wants everybody to think. So maybe you need some kind of physical peace, a relational peace in your life. And you think, well, God won't be able to do that because it looks like he's failing. So I want to challenge you to think about peace differently. If you're doubting if God's providing peace in the world, maybe it's because we're all looking at the wrong kind of peace. 
See, we look at peace typically like this. Peace is the removal of all conflict, of all problems, of all divisions, of everything that could possibly put my circumstances in a place I don't want them to be. The absence of all that, that's gonna be peace. So we think, if I could just remove the stress from my life, then I'll have peace. So just think about your life, not about the world. Just think about your life. You probably have things you think, if your circumstances change, then you would have peace. Typically, people think that have money problems. If I had more money, then I would have more peace. That's a legitimate thought. Because you look at your checkbook and things don't balance out. You see things you want or would like to provide for your children or your family you're not able to. You seem to always be behind and you think, if I could just change my circumstances, then I would have peace in my life. Now that logic doesn't work when you apply that to the real world. Because just take, take money for example. If Having money brought peace, then all the people with the money would be the most peaceful people on earth. That's not the case. That would mean all the people with the money are the ones that have the strongest relationships, have the highest moral standards. The people that really get through life and absolutely love it. Now they can buy a lot of fun stuff, but the people with the money aren't the ones experiencing the most happiness. In fact, it seems like it's just the opposite. And so if you're thinking, if I could just change my circumstances, then I would have peace, I would challenge you to think differently. Maybe you're thinking, if, if I could get rid of this physical problem, then I would have peace. Then that would mean all of the healthy people have a corner on peace and happiness. But that's not true. Some of the people with the most problems seem to be the ones with the most contentment, with the most happiness. Here's what you have to understand. Chaos and conflict is gonna come into everybody's life. You young folks, chaos and conflict, it's coming for you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm done, we'll see you next week, right? Wouldn't that be, be a horrible message? Chaos and conflict are coming for you, figure it out. Have a great week. But the truth is, chaos and conflict are coming for us and we have a choice to make. Do we try to create peace on our own in our life and do it all ourselves and keep changing our circumstances to where we think we get to a place where we have peace? Or do we rely on something bigger, different, stronger? Because peace is not the absence of stress. You might think it is. If I could just get this stress out of my life, then I would have peace. Here's what'll happen. You might get one stress out of your life. Another one's gonna show up every time. Ask somebody that's lived a little bit longer than you. Hey, when you got that stress out of your life, did it fix everything? No, there was another one waiting right behind it in line. And then it took over. And then this happened. And then that happened. So peace is not the absence of stress. Remember, the Hebrew word, sar shalom, it means that Jesus is the one who is over peace, the one who controls it, the one who provides it into our life, peace and rest and tranquility. So here's the truth. Peace is not the absence of stress, but the presence of Christ. That's where peace comes from. 
Peace doesn't come from eliminating every stressful thing in my life, though we should try. Peace doesn't come from having just the right circumstances lined up in our life. Peace comes from something greater. So if I want peace, I got to get with Jesus because he's in charge of it. If I want something mechanical fixed at my house or on my car, unless I can watch it on YouTube and replicate what the guy's doing, I, I can't do it. So I have to call in somebody that knows what they're doing. So if something, if the transmission falls out of my car, I can't fix it. I'm gonna take it to somebody that I trust. Hey, you know how to do this. You're good at this. You take care of it for me. And I'll just come back. I'll write you a check. I'll get the keys and I'll drive away. I can't do that myself. Every time I've traveled to a non-English speaking country, mostly Central and South America, I love it because I have people with me who can speak Spanish. I can't. And I feel more confident. I feel better. Like people are talking to me and I don't know what they're saying. I, 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 you know, all I can say is, hey, how you doing? Nice day. Here's my name. I want to go to the bathroom. You know, that's about it. They could be saying to me, hey, there's impending doom right behind you. And I would be saying, oh, my name's Donnie. How you doing? I wouldn't know. But when I have somebody beside of me that understands the language, the circumstances completely change. Jesus is the one that controls peace, so wouldn't it make sense to get with the one that can control peace if I want peace in my life? Instead of just trying to create it on my own, why don't I get with the one who is over it? Now, if I'm gonna do that, I have to understand something. I, number one, I have to understand that chaos is coming for me. There's gonna be chaos in my life. When the holidays show up, it seems to magnify it. So here's what you have to know. Peace is not natural. It's not. If you think peace is natural, remember what I said when you load the family up to make the drive back home wherever you go for the holidays and you put the kids in the back seat. How long is that going to work? <laughs> Till somebody's not going to watch what the other person's watching or somebody's going to want the toy the other one has or somebody's got to pee like 10 times in a four-hour drive or something is going to happen to create circumstances of conflict. It all moves towards chaos. Here's how to tell if your life is in chaos, how to tell if you're in chaos right now. Have you started a lot of thoughts or conversations saying, well, once we get through the holidays, somebody just today said to me, hey, right after the holidays, I'm gonna eat right. <laughs> That's a, I'm just gonna wait. It's easier in January, but it's not easier in January because then there's a Super Bowl. <laughs> and then there's the next thing and the next thing. So, if you're not gonna do it, just do it whenever. But that's not, that's not as important as saying, you know, I'm just gonna get my schedule. I'm gonna get all that in order after the holidays. We're gonna get this relationship in order later. We're gonna worry about this, the finances later. For us to have peace in our life is a lot like sometimes the way we have to get peace in the world is go to war. Sometimes the way to get peace in your life is to go to war with parts of your life where there needs to be peace. Some of you need to go to war with your schedule. You need to sit down with your schedule and let it know who's in charge. And that might require a family meeting where you say, you know what, our life's not about this thing or whatever it is that's totally messing up your schedule, causing you to have to eat dinner in the suburban on the way to whatever. So you might have to sit down and say, we're going to war with our schedule so we can have a little more peace in our life. Maybe you need to go to war with your finances. 
open up your checkbook and just have a fight with yourself and go to war with it and say, this year is going, right now it's going to be different. Many of you are participating in the LifePoint Debt-Free Christmas Challenge. You're sharing ideas. If you're not on that, there's still time. You got two weeks. So hopefully you're not like, oh, I've already blown it. You can return stuff, whatever you need to do. <laughs> Just get on Facebook, search LifePoint Debt-Free Christmas Challenge. You can see some ideas people are sharing that have committed to getting through Christmas debt-free. Maybe the way you go to war with your finances is you sign up for that Financial Peace University that only comes around at LifePoint once a year. Take part in that. You can read in your program about how to get signed up for that. You don't want to miss it. If that's an area of your life where you don't have any peace. Maybe you have to go to war with your priorities and say, you know what? Our priorities are off. We're putting too much focus in too many different places into the wrong places and it's causing chaos in our life. So you can create better circumstances. It won't bring total peace, but it will sure help peace to start to infiltrate your life if you go to war with the areas of your life that cause chaos. Peace is not the absence of stress, but the presence of Christ. What would it look like if your schedule had the presence of Christ in it? What would it look like if your finances had the presence of Christ in them and your priorities had the same? What an opportunity for peace to come into your life. And just imagine what it was like in the first century for this teenager who was pregnant, this guy that had to choose whether or not he was going to believe it, Joseph and Mary at some point had to say or at least think, life is sure not gonna go the way we hoped it would. Things aren't gonna turn out the way we planned. That might be things you're saying right now. Life hasn't gone the way I thought. Thought I would be further along by now. Thought I would be single. Didn't think I would, I thought I would be uh, married by now. Didn't think I'd be divorced by now. I thought I'd be finished with school. I thought these regrets would all be behind me by now. But what if you discovered how to have peace in spite of the way life is going or has turned out for you? See, Mary and Joseph did because they had this 700-year-old prophecy. They knew the one that was gonna be in charge of peace was gonna somehow provide it in their life. And so for them and for us, peace can't depend on my circumstances because those change so much. One day it might be great, next day something horrible happens. You might go through a period and everything's going perfect and then go through a period and you can't believe how you're feeling. You may feel like a cloud is over you or you may feel like the sun is shining. You just never know how it's all gonna play out. But what you can know that goes beyond your circumstances is that peace can be in your life no matter what. So here's what peace does for us. The Prince of Peace, the Sar Shalom, he brings comfort. In John 14, 27, Jesus said this, I give you peace, the kind of peace that only I can give. It isn't like the peace this world can give, so don't be worried and afraid. See, peace the world gives is simply the absence of conflict. No problems, everything's going great. Then you have peace. But if something goes wrong, you don't have peace. But Jesus offers something better. 
He offers a peace that goes deep within us. He offers a peace that's not dependent upon our circumstances. He offers a peace that the Apostle Paul talked about when he said, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Imagine your life with that kind of peace, a peace that transcends anything that could happen to you. I have been with folks that really had this kind of peace, actually on their deathbed. And I've been with people who didn't have that kind of peace. And the way they approached the chaos in their life and the impending doom couldn't be any different. One approaches it with hopeful anticipation. The other approaches it with total and complete fear. One approaches it with a calmness that transcends anything you can understand and the other with anguish. I've seen people lose loved ones, parents, spouses, children. And I've watched people have a peace and an optimism and a calmness about them that there is no human way to explain it because it transcends our understanding that they can still say, but God is faithful and God still provides. That's a peace that only the prince, the one in charge of peace can provide. So our choices are either we try to provide the peace by creating perfect circumstances or we get under the control of the one who is in charge of peace. And only one of those options is gonna sustain you. The peace he gives does not depend on our circumstances. It brings comfort. The peace he gives brings us comfort no matter what. The peace he gives also brings salvation. So there's some of you, you haven't decided to believe Jesus yet. You're not sure. Maybe it's because something bad happened. Maybe it's because you just, you don't have enough facts or whatever. But there's gonna be a time in life you need peace. And the peace he gives not only secures our eternity, the peace he gives brings heaven to earth in us. That's what he does. In, in fact, here's how, here's how the book of Romans, the apostle Paul said it to the Roman church like this. Therefore, since we've been justified through grace, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He goes on to say to another church, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near, the near through the blood of Christ, for Christ himself is our peace. He is the one. He is the Sar Shalom, the one who's in charge of peace. And if you don't know him, you're never going to have the peace that transcends all understanding. You know, I mentioned the 100 plus people who followed Christ in baptism who said, you know, I surrender. I'm going to count on Jesus for my peace, not my circumstances, not my abilities, but I'm just going to count on him for my peace. Some of you need to join those 119 people and take that step and say, you know, I'm ready to surrender. That's what baptism is. It's just kind of waving a white flag of surrender saying, I surrender. I'm not going to try to hope in these perfect circumstances. I'm going to hope in something much greater and the one who is in charge of peace. Some of you need to make that decision today.
Rob's going to be down front, our site pastor here, right after this service. And if you're ready to take that step, don't wait. Just come down and talk to him. We've got everything you need to do it today after the service. We'd love to see you take that step and come under the control of the Prince of Peace. Peace is not the absence of stress in our life. It's the presence of Christ in our life, the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. God, we are in awe of the way you can provide peace that transcends all of our understanding. Father, I pray for the people right now who are experiencing chaos in life. May you help them to see through pain, the difficulty of their circumstances, and see the peace that only you can offer. And God, as the one who is in control of peace, invites all of us to come under his control. May the ones who need to take that step be bold today and take it. And for those of us who have forgotten the peace that you offer, may they reclaim that today. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.